Just a few months ago, the Seattle Times printed a, a information piece, a, an opinion piece by a local family doctor who was writing about an epidemic that the doctor felt was being ignored by the medical profession. Similarly, uh, just this week, a friend of mine who is a high school counselor was talking to me about an epidemic that he feels has gotten to the level of a full-blown crisis for youth across our country. Um, they we're not talking about the exact same thing, but the issues they are talking about overlap significantly. In the doctor's own words, the epidemic he treats daily is loneliness. And the crisis my friend deals with is depression and anxiety leading to suicide. Each of these issues represents a type of darkness that is blocking out the light for people of all ages across our country. And this is one of those times that I, I wish um, that what I have to share this morning could go out to a lot more people than um, it's going to go out to. And, it's, and not because of what uh, that what might represent in terms of popularity for me, but just in terms of I know how many people are suffering, how many people are dealing and struggling with this darkness and how much God wants to reach people. There are, within our country, literally millions of people dying to know that they are not alone. And one of the most important things this morning's story from Luke communicates to us is that God is with us. Every one of us, even in the midst of a darkness that no one else can understand. So even if this message doesn't uh, get out to all of those who long to hear it, it is vital for each and every one of us to hear it and to know it. Many of us are in the midst of darkness ourselves. And even if we are not or are not now, others close to us are. And I believe that God wants all of us to know that we are not alone, no matter how deep the darkness. There are several different ways that uh, the events that are recorded in Luke's uh, story are interpreted. Uh, some people believe that the crime of executing Jesus was so horrendous that creation itself is trying to, to block it out so that it can't be seen, uh, blocking out the sun so that it happens in the dark. Most of the commentators actually seem to, to read it as foreboding signs of God's judgment on human sin. Daryl Bach, a, a author and professor at Dallas Seminary, provides a fairly representative reasoning uh, about this when he writes, in the Old Testament, darkness often indicates judgment, the judgment of God. But most commentators 
have difficulty fitting in an appropriate interpretation of what the tearing of the curtain in the temple means in relation to this. The curtain described in the story is the curtain that blocked off access to the Holy of Holies in the temple, in the heart of the temple in Jerusalem. The Holy of Holies was the physical space on earth where God was believed to dwell. And the only human being that could enter beyond the curtain into the Holy of Holies was the high priest and only on one day every year, the Day of Atonement. So in many ways, that curtain represented a barrier between the the full presence of God and the rest of creation. Now in Mark's gospel, the curtain is torn in two from top to bottom, the moment Jesus dies. And the general interpretation from that telling of the story is that Jesus' death opens the, the way for human beings into the full presence of God and vice versa, the full presence of God into the realm of human beings into creation, that that, that barrier is open through the death of Jesus. The way Luke tells it is different. The curtain is torn and then Jesus dies. And as I read that, to me, the darkness and the tearing of the curtain go together. And what came to mind specifically was the act of grief in the Hebrew scriptures. Frequently in our Hebrew First Testament, when someone died, when someone was in mourning, people literally tore their clothing and and threw ashes on their head. And in this morning's text, I see this type of grief displayed against the background of creation. I see God lamenting for the death of Jesus. Darkness falls and God's heart is torn in sorrow. And what solidified this belief for me was reading our Hebrew First Testament text from Amos. Even though, um, even though uh, Daryl Bach is correct that there are many times when darkness in the Hebrew scriptures represent God's judgment, in Amos we have this peace where, G- where God declares to God's people, in that day, in the end, I will, make you, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. Sound familiar? I will turn your religious feasts into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make that time like mourning, like grieving for an only son, and the end of it like a bitter day. And where God's people in this moment when Jesus was being executed, where God's people were meant to be mourning as if they had lost a son, 
and grieving as if they they grieving for the loss that they that was happening and also for the the part that they had played in it that we have all played in it instead of that happening they were celebrating and instead of god's people mourning god mourns in this horrific moment when God's, pe- God's people should have lamented for their sins and loss, instead it is God's heart that is broken, like the grief of loss of an only child. This is the grief of God displayed for the whole earth to see. This is God grieving the loss of God's only child. And there are others who see it this well as way. William, this way as well. William Barclay is uh, the most poignant in writing about this. He notes, "It was as if the heart of God, hitherto hidden, was laid bare to men and women. The coming of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, rent the veil which had concealed God from men and women." On the cross, as never before and never again, men and women saw the love of God and saw it in the grieving, in the darkness, in the tearing of the veil. To me, even that word that's used to specifically describe the splitting of the curtain in the temple speaks of grief. In verse 45, it is literally that the curtain is Torn in two. A few years ago, um, I wrote a poem that reflects some of what I see here. Um, It's called A Broken Heart. To say a heart breaks makes it sound as if a heart cracks or shatters, splintering into shards like a porcelain cup dropped. But a heart is not brittle. It needs a softer image, tender, like meat or flesh. It tears, is bruised, is pierced, bleeds as if by someone gripped. In the way that Luke specifically tells this part of the story of Jesus, I believe that the darkness blocking out The sun speaks to us of God's own lament. It speaks to us of the the sorrow of God the Father, of God the Mother, losing their only child. And the sorrow of Jesus, abandoned on the cross, alone in the darkness. This is an area of life that the wider Christian church in the United States in the United States has tried to suppress far too often grief, sorrow, lament. The lie has been told that we must be happy and positive all the time if we have faith in God. But here in this morning's story, God laments. God is in grief and sorrow. And we know that there are other stories as well. Jesus weeping with his friends Mary and Martha at the death of their brother, Lazarus. 
Jesus in the Garden of the Gethsemane, late at night in the dark before he is arrested, is so overcome with sorrow and anxiety that he literally sweats blood. God knows the darkness of sorrow, anxiety, lament, and loneliness that blocks out all sunlight. God endured all of this for at least two reasons. One reason is that we might never be alone, no matter the depth or the reason for our own despair. The distress that we see here in this morning story comes from the very heart of God. And I think it is meant to put us in awe of how cosmically, literally cosmically deep is the darkness of God's own sorrow. In order that we might know there is nothing that we can experience in our lives that will ever be beyond God's reach. One of the most debilitating aspects of grief is that there is no other human being who can experience the exact same grief. But God can because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, and God does. Every Sunday in our Apostles' Creed, we proclaim that Jesus descended even into hell for us. God is with us even in a darkness that no one else can understand. And another reason that God experiences these depths with us is in order to lead us out of this darkness. We will celebrate this truth more profoundly next Sunday at Easter, this leading out of the darkness into the light. But even now, it is vital for us to be reminded that the darkness could not hold Jesus forever. We have hope to cling to even in the deepest darkness because Christ is there with us. And that's why we read in that New Testament passage that there is a hope and that Paul prays for and others pray that we all might be strengthened with the power according to God's glorious might so that we may have great endurance and patience in the midst of the darkness and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son God loves, in whom we have redemption, forgiveness, and hope. Our inheritance is the kingdom of light. This is our hope, even in a darkness that blots out the sun. But we can't, we can't skip our grief and go from Palm Sunday to Easter. We can't skip that grief, but we can have hope even in the midst of it. Because there is an epidemic of loneliness in our community, 
because there is a crisis of depression and anxiety and suicide, it is vital that we ourselves know and that we share with all whom we can that there is hope that someday the sun will shine again, that there is a place for everyone in the kingdom of light, but also because there is an epidemic of loneliness and depression and anxiety, it is perhaps even more vital to know now for ourselves and for others that we can share with, that in this life we will grieve, but we are never truly alone. God is with us always, even in the midst of a darkness that no one else can understand. Thanks be to God.